0: Welcome to Season 5 of the For Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Wilcox, and one of the lay elders here at Redemption Church Gateway. This season, we're going to interview members of the elder team and their wives. Elders were mentioned throughout the Old Testament, yet were established as an official office within a local church by Paul in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 of the New Testament. The Bible will also use the words pastor, shepherd, elder, overseer interchangeably for the same role. Each season of Life and Cultural shift brings new opportunities and challenges for the leadership of any church, and we here at Redemption Church Gateway are no different. As we continue to navigate change while being faithful to Jesus, it made sense for our congregation to get to know the elder team on this season of the podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Jimmy and Linda Lau. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jeffrey. All right. Tell us a little bit about your family. How long you guys have been married? Well, Linda and I have been married for
1: about 26 years. We have three boys. Uh, Noah is 23. He lives in New York. And Caleb is 21. He's a senior at ASU. And uh, our last one is Luke, and he is 17 years old at Castile High School.
0: And is he going to be a junior this year? He'll be a senior. Senior. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, does Luke have an idea what he's planning to do? He's hoping architecture, but we'll see. Oh, that's exciting. And does he know what, where he wants to go? Does he want to go ASU or somewhere yeah, outside? He's pretty set for ASU. Yeah, nice. Um, do you guys have any pets? Have you ever had any pets? No. <laughs> so how'd you guys meet? Well, we met
1: through um, my friendship with Linda's brother. Linda has one brother. And uh, so we started, we met and we started playing basketball. That was kind of what we did. We started hanging out, and uh, somehow Linda ended up in the picture, and <laughs> she uh, she and I built a relationship since we were 14, 15 years old.
0: And this wasn't in Arizona?
1: Nope, this was in New York City.
0: Okay. Did, are you both uh, born and raised in New York City? I was born in New York City.
2: I was born in Taiwan.
0: Oh, and when did your family come over to the United States?
2: Uh, When I was five years
0: old. Do you remember anything from Taiwan, you know, the early years?
2: Um, Just being with family. Yeah. Uh, But I've been back to Taiwan like three times, but it's been a while. Yeah. My last time was in 1997.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Jimmy, you're playing basketball with uh, her brother. Uh, there's got to be more to the story. Like, did she show up to watch you guys play? Did you go over to the house? Like, how did you guys officially kind of lock eyes on each other and go, yes, she's the one or he's the one? She locked eyes first. But. <laughs> <laughs> Is this true? Okay. <laughs> Probably not. But <laughs>
1: um, No, w- w- Peter and I used to hang out quite a bit. We- I would actually stay over at their house because we hung out a lot just stayed up all night talking and of course Linda's there they only have each other so you know it's just brother and sister and so of course just hanging out goofing around
0: we, we were always around each other. And then did you guys so the was this around junior high or high school when you started dating? Started dating when well, Mom, we were 15.
2: Mom and dad didn't let me date yeah, in they st- high school. They still,
0: oh, okay. They still so. don't know about it. Was that your family rule? Was yeah, no dating
2: in yeah, high school? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we just, you know, hung out together, uh, going to school, because we went to school. He went to school in the city in Manhattan. I went to Brooklyn. And so we would take the ferry together, take the bus, take the subway, and just hang out together and then, you know, go to youth group together.
0: Oh, okay. What, what, what church were you guys, uh, what youth, youth group?
1: It was called Grace Christian Church of Staten Island. Um, and for those of you who don't know, we actually lived on Staten Island. And to get to Manhattan or Brooklyn or any of the other boroughs, you would have to, from where we live, we would have to take a bus over to the ferry. Typically, that was a 45-minute ride to the ferry. The ferry is about a half an hour. And then from the ferry, we would either take subway or bus to where we needed to go.
0: Wow. And then, so, you're kind of not dating, but kind of yeah. friends hanging out in high school. So, when when did you guys start officially dating? I'll let Linda answer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> college. I'll say college.
0: College. Okay. And you guys were going to separate colleges, right? Which colleges were you going mm-hmm.
2: to? I went to Union College, and Jimmy went to Binghamton. Mm. Yeah. And so, we had a long-distance relationship. Um, yeah, it was good. And then... Um, when he graduated, he came home uh, to Staten Island, and I went to medical school. And so we dated for about 10 years before we got married. Wow.
0: And then how long were you engaged for? Uh, two, almost two years. Almost two years, yeah. Wow, okay. And was some of the timing, you know, some of it was obviously you're waiting to be old enough. Uh, and also, was some of the timing of kind of your relationship and getting married because of med school?
2: Mm-hmm, Yeah. So my mom said I couldn't get married until I finished school, <laughs> <laughs> but, which was good. <laughs> but you,
0: but you got um, you got married and then you, you're doing your residency, right? Because I hear residency is is no joke. Like that's a lot of hours. Yeah,
2: it was hard on Jimmy that first year. He barely saw me.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what, but what, we
2: still made it.
0: <laughs> yeah. What I mean, how? I mean, I have to imagine residency or any other type of job that requires a lot of time, it, it can be really difficult on a marriage. Yeah. So you guys had to navigate that right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys learn that first year of having to you kind of be somewhat separated because of work?
1: Well, I think I, I also worked quite a bit um, uh, working in Manhattan. I worked for a law firm, and we just learned that, we had to sacrifice for one another, and when Linda would get back from residency, she would typically be tired. We lived in Manhattan at the time, so yeah. it was convenient that we could just run out to get dinner and then she'd be passed out afterwards so <laughs> and you just have to understand that's that's the the season of life we were in yeah
0: yeah, yeah. how how long is residency three years three years. Yeah. Wow. And so you finished residency, then what did you, where were you first hired?
2: Then I got a job on Staten Island. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. And then I worked there for two years before we moved to Arizona.
0: Okay. And what year did you guys move to Arizona? 2002. Okay. And then what was the decision to leave beautiful Manhattan for hot desert Arizona? Well, the work, life,
1: and culture in New York City is quite different from what you typically see here, and we so we were both very busy in New York. We were doing okay, Um, and so we were just busy with work, and we were very busy with church also, and uh, we had our first kid, Noah, and that just changed our lives. We realized that we had very limited time to spend with him. And then when we had our second child, Caleb, we really knew that we can continue with this uh, if we wanted to invest in our family. So we Mm. knew that we had to make a change uh, because our work schedules were too hectic. So we came to beautiful Arizona.
0: That's amazing for you to look at that, look at the situation and go, this, this isn't ideal. Like, this is not how we're going to pour into our kids and be present with our kids because of just the lifestyle of living and working in New York City. So why Arizona? Because, I mean, you could have moved to North Carolina. You could have moved to Miami. You could have moved a lot of other places maybe that are a little slower. What what drew you to Phoenix, Arizona?
2: Um, I think we have two different reasonings. I, uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. Jimmy and I uh differ in this Um, I, my brother was here already, Mm. and so, um, and I know my mom and dad were going to move too, and I knew that I needed my mom's help um, to help me watch the kids while I was working, and I didn't want my mother to have to choose between my brother and me, Mm. so we all bought a house in Parrot Ranch, actually. My mom owned a house there, my brother was there, and then we bought also another house, so this way we could all be together.
0: So you, but I think,
2: yeah, I think we just. My brother was here already, so so in Arizona, so it was you know, so we decided to come here, um, to be all together, and uh, and so for my mom to, just be with all of us and help me out with the kids.
0: Yeah, so getting the support. What about you, Jimmy? What was kind of a, your catalyst?
1: Well, I did not want to be here. (laughs) I actually something about the ocean. I wanted to be in California instead. but when Linda had mentioned that her, she knew that her parents would follow us uh, because they would, you know, it would be easier for all of them to be here. Um, it was just an easy decision.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned um, going to youth group together. So let's talk a little bit about how Jesus found you, how he opened your eyes. Like, Linda, like, do you remember an age, a moment? Like, tell us, tell us how you became saved.
2: Yeah, so when I um, immigrated to... United States at age five, my uncle, my uncle took me to church. Oh, yeah, and so um, went to Sunday school at a Baptist church, um, memorized verses, went to VBS, um, and then um, then they they started a um, a Chinese church, mm. and there was two congregations. Basically, it was a Chinese speaking congregation and an English speaking congregation, mostly for all the kids um, that were growing up. Um, and so, um, and so I was pretty involved and, um, at age 13, I got baptized. Mm. Um, but really it wasn't until, um, we came to Arizona, um, in 2002, um, that I really understood what grace was about. Um, you know, growing up, I, um, always, um, seek people's approval, I wanted to be praised, I always, I was a performer, I wanted to um, gain gain God's approval, and, um, but when I came to Arizona, I understood um, that that's not the gospel, you know, the gospel is, is understanding grace and how God loves you, and so at this point um, in my faith, um, I understand that, you know, Jesus did all the work already, and it's, it's finished. And I can actually just surrender and uh, rest and, uh, accept, and uh, accept this grace and, 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 and just trust with my faith. Mm. And it's really refreshing um, because um, it was tiresome, you know, trying to <laughs> you know, be a good Christian and, and, and try to gain God's approval. And so it's a different, it's a different mindset. Well, yeah. our, our
0: family has been hanging out for a while and we've been in RCs for a while and I can, I, anytime we talk about this, I see your joy and your smile and your, just the, uh, the excitement that you, when you talk about God's grace, like that, that's, that comes to mind pretty quickly for you. And so that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Jimmy, what about you? Well, I grew
1: up in New York city in Manhattan when uh, Manhattan was a bit on the tough side. Uh, So, I think in order to keep us safe, uh, my brothers and I, my parents, uh, specifically my mom, put us in Catholic school. So, it was in Catholic school that I learned about God, and so I got baptized when I was in Catholic school in seventh grade, and then um, when I met Linda... um, my faith started growing because i was actually attending church and trying to listen and mm-hmm. and uh just uh was around it more um cuz in in new york city our family life was a little bit confusing because i stayed with my grandmother um in new york city in manhattan and my parents actually lived in queens for a while and then staten island so it was a little confusing when we were kids going back and forth. Um, So when we were in New York, when I met Linda, um, my faith became more real, and um, so I started reading the Bible more, and of course, like Linda said, when we moved out here, uh, the understanding of grace was deepened. Um, Tom Schrader really helped us understand the doctrines of grace quite a bit, and it just resonated with us. We were like, wow, this is really what we've been reading about the whole time without really understanding in practice what, what we were doing.
0: Mm, that's awesome. So coming to Arizona, big impact on both of your guys's faith in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. a lot of it East Valley Bible church, Tom Schrader. Yeah. Yes. Anything else from kind of that, that, that time that, you know, kind of a beautiful memory of, of uh, kind of that growing in the Lord and, from the, from the move?
2: I think just also being here at Redemption Gateway, Mm. um, just, um, studying the word, um, with, you know, a small group. Yeah. Um, you know, coming to church every Sunday here, Luke and Seth. Um, I think, um, I've learned a lot about, you know, identity, um, being a child of God, Mm. Um, learned about parenting, learned about being a wife, all those things, you know. Um just I think also just you know, just remembering how amazing God is yeah. and how much He loves us. Yeah. I think um, just coming every Sunday and being in a small group, you have to be reminded, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of these truths.
0: That's true. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, to keep you on the right track and just following and loving Jesus.
1: Yeah, I think the strength for Gateway is uh, just being grounded in the Word. And so everything that we do, whether it's Sundays or RCs or whatever, it's typically being grounded in the Word. And I hear it all the time in interviews how uh, people who come here really love coming here because we go through books of the Bible, we go through verse by verse most of the time, and, and we really dive into the Word. To try to understand what God's saying, and um, so that's really helped us grow.
0: Yeah, that has really been fascinating. When we do, when uh, Jimmy and I we conduct um, the membership interviews, I will ask a lot of times the same question: like, what drew you to Redemption Church Gateway? What, like, why are you here? And it's like you guys preach the Bible, and I'm like, they weren't preaching the Bible at other churches, and they're like, kind of, but you know, a lot of it was me the topical or just wasn't really the focus. And they, so it almost seems like. They were thirsty, they and they came and they found they're like, Oh, this we're being fed. With the word. So, yeah, that that has been interesting. Um, So we have two types of categories for our elders here at Redemption Church Gateway. We have staff elders, which are elders that are on staff and paid and pastors. And then we have lay elders, which are, they have careers outside the church, but they volunteer their time to be part of the um, elder team. So Jimmy and I are both lay elders, so we have careers outside of the church. So, Jimmy, what what do you do? I'm assuming you're not in law anymore. no.
1: Yes, I was <laughs> intending to go to law quite a while back in New York, uh, but decided that I don't want to pursue that um, because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the culture that was that was presented to me. So um, anyway, uh, coming out here uh, right now, we uh, I own a sign and printing business, so that's pretty much takes up most of my time. Uh, we do have some investment things that um, I take care of also. Um, but most of my time is spent on the sign and printing
0: business. And that's done out of your home? Done out of my home. Yeah. What kind of business do you typically print for?
1: So the three big industries that we take care of are churches, real estate, and the golf industry. The
0: golf industry. So like tournaments and stuff? Uh,
1: yeah, some tournaments. It's mostly uh, for companies that, basically control the golf industry out here. So the Super, superintendent association or PGA, uh, PGA local chapter, or there's associations for everything, like the clubhouses, there's an association for, mm. and we we're, were involved with a lot of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, before printing, when I met you, you were the owner and operator of JavaSpot, which – We both have an affinity for coffee, but tell us about Java spot. Was that, so that was, was that the first company you started when you moved to Arizona?
1: Yep. So we came out here and uh, I ended up starting a coffee shop and uh, it was located on basically Stapley and Chandler Boulevard. And um, that was a lot of fun. I wouldn't do it again. A lot of people (laughs) ask me if I would do it again. Nope. Um, but there I got the chance to meet a lot of great people, including yourself and Luke and Tom Schrader and, you know, a whole bunch of guys that really um, helped change my life.
0: Yeah. What What was it about the coffee business that makes you not want to do it again? Or like, what did you learn about that business?
1: Just food is difficult. Um, and there's a lot of time invested in trying to run a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it just took a lot of time away from me, which is something I was trying not to do coming out of New York.
0: Yeah. So you're putting in a lot of hours compared to uh, similar to what you were at back in New York City.
1: Yeah, probably actually more.
0: You're like, I moved to Arizona to not have as, you know, the busier you know, work uh, schedule. And then all of a sudden you open a coffee shop restaurant and then you're you're there all the time. Yep. Yeah. And so um, what got you into printing?
1: Uh, One of my former employees actually started the business and um, she was doing it part-time. She ended up uh, deciding to leave uh, working for me at the coffee shop to do it full-time. And when she did that, I started sending her some business from whether it was myself or people that I knew. And one day she started doing really well. And one day she just came to me without, she was just confiding in me. She basically said, I think I'm going to sell my business. So I just told her, well, I'll buy from you. Wow. So how long you been printing? A long time. time. (laughs) I'm terrible with time, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been at least 10 years.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we already talked a little bit about Linda going to med school. So are you still a doctor?
2: Uh, yes. How
0: long you been have you How long you been a doctor?
2: Um, I finished residency in two thousand. Oh so wow! Twenty three okay. years. Twenty
0: three years. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a that's a lot of band aids and prescriptions, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's yeah. more than yeah. <laughs> so w- where are you currently practicing?
2: Uh, so I am a family doctor. Um, I consider myself in the front line. <laughs> 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 so um, uh, my office is um, on Power Road and Ray. Uh, it's owned by Steward Medical Group, mm. which is part of, part of Mountain Vista Hospital. Um, I chose family medicine just because I I like the wide, wide scope of practice. I like the diversity. I like the challenge. Um, but most of all, I like the long-term relationships I have with patients, mm. um, especially being at that office for the last 20 years. Um, I've taken care of four generations. you wow. know. And I've seen kids grow up now, you know, finish college, go get And then they're, having, they're married, they have kids. Um, it's been a lot of fun. And it's really a privilege um, to be part of people's life like that.
0: Yeah. What was COVID like for you?
2: Um, COVID initially was actually very scary. Um, just because we didn't, you know, people were dying and we didn't have any medication. Um, and so like I tell my students, you know, I do a lot of teaching with medical students and residency residents, um, you got to know your medications in order to know how to heal people. Mm -hmm. And so, but at that time we didn't have any medication. And so, um, you know, and everybody was quarantined and we were being trying to be careful and, um, it was just really scary, um, and really intense.
0: Did you feel like you were kind of the one of the de facto's kind of resources of information because I mean there was so much information on the internet there's mm-hmm. so much information on tv mm-hmm. some of it was maybe accurate some of it was like not accurate at all a lot of theory like yeah. um, d- did you feel like you were getting a lot of phone calls and texts like what does this mean is this true is this real like or or what about the same than
2: No, I think there were a lot of messages and telehealth appointments, you know, about what, you know, what, how how to prevent this, how to prevent getting sick, how do you treat this, you know, and then when the vaccine came out, you know, that was very controversial, too. But even before that, you know, about quarantine, how long, should we wear masks, should we not wear masks, you know, all those kind of things, you know, so um, there were lots of differences in opinion, and so... Um, We always, you know, follow CDC, the standard of care and the evidence. And so, um, yeah, that's that's the advice I was giving out.
0: Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I feel like there's a there's a there's an assumption that I have that before COVID, uh, the medical industry, there wasn't probably a lot of controversy. You know, it wasn't politicized. But all of a sudden it felt like medicine became politicized based on what you how you saw the the treatment or vaccines all of a sudden medicines now through the look in the right. lens of Politics, you right, know what? What right. side of the aisle are you on, as, and how your view of medicine? Like, was that difficult to navigate?
2: Yes, that was very difficult. I think in, in the past, you know, you, you go, you know, they come see you, they ask for your advice, you know, you give the treatment, give the standard of care, you you know, which is usually evidence based, you know, and that was it, you know. Mm. Um, but there were so many opinions out there, you know, and by the media, and so it was it was difficult, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did there you was ever a hear, lot of, like, suspicion and lack of trust.
0: Yeah. Did you ever hear any, like, really crazy theories when patients come in and, like, oh, I heard you, should, you could do X, Y, and Z, and I'll be cured of, of COVID or, um, or not get COVID?
2: Yeah, I'm sure you heard that on, on the media, <laughs> on TV, but you But anything, anything you could
0: share, like, any really funny you know? theories that, that you, you heard from uh, a patient that you're allowed to say?
2: Uh <laughs> I, I can't think of anything right now, but um, just, yeah, I mean, people wanted to try so many different medications, <laughs> you know, to try to cure COVID and you yeah. know, none of it was, you know, evidence based. It was not seen in the research. Yeah. So So you know.
0: do you, do you foresee us the, um, you know the United States being more prepared for something that could, you know, a new oh. outbreak in the future? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for
2: sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: so we learned a lot. Yes, yes, for sure. I hope we don't have to go through that again, <laughs> especially the mask part. That was yeah. that was difficult. What do you guys like to do for fun as a family or as a couple? Well, as you know, we like to eat a lot. So
1: yes, that's, uh, that's what we focus on. Um, no, but we also like to go on vacation. We like to go to different places and explore and see what's out there.
0: Yeah. Any any particular restaurants that you guys enjoy or types of cuisine?
2: My favorite is Japanese. So oh, really? We always go to Sushiya on Gilbert Road. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we go almost like once a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I had a colleague and uh, we were talking about uh, culture and food and um, she's Chinese-American and she talked about how food seems to be so ingrained in the Chinese culture. Like share, why, how, why is food so ingrained in kind of the love and the, the culture of, of the Chinese family? Any thought? Have you ever had someone ask you that question? I think it's an expression of love. Mm. It's
1: uh, making somebody feel good because they like the, the taste of the food or whether you're preparing it or not. Um, you're preparing it because you want to serve somebody and make them feel at home, make them make their tummies full, and hopefully they enjoy it.
0: Yeah. What do you think, Linda?
2: I think when we eat dinner together, you know, you don't – you know, when you go to a restaurant here, they give you your own serving, your own plate.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, that's very different from the Chinese culture, right, because mm. we have many dishes in the center – and uh, we all share, yeah. uh, from that, and so, um, so I think the, it's just part of it's just a, it's just the culture where you know you share everything, you're together, um, you don't eat alone, um, yeah, and you're just, you know, loving somebody by making their tummies full. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you you guys do something that I think is so loving, and I see you guys do that quite a bit when we go out to dinner. Is you will order food for your kids when we're out to dinner. So the four of us with Darcy will be on a double date. We'll be at a restaurant and before we leave you guys will order food for your kids because you know you're heading home, and I'm like I'm never thinking about ordering food for my kids. I'm like you're at home, you get macaroni and cheese or whatever you're eating mm-hmm. and uh, your mom and I we're on a double date we're gonna enjoy the food, but it's just so loving like you you're thinking about your kids and so I mean, you're probably modeling something I probably should be thinking about my kids <laughs> more often when it comes to good food, so that's just kind of a beautiful thing. I know you guys like to travel where do, where do you and probably the beach where anything else that you guys enjoy doing together or as a family
2: we just came in over the christmas break we um did the caribbean caribbean cruise Mm. uh, and that was a lot of fun uh we went with my cousin's family and the boys uh she has to be boys and everybody hung out together again there was a lot of good food (laughs) a lot of good shows um, and then we were able to see a couple of islands that were a lot of fun. Ooh. Yeah.
0: In, any of that you remember?
2: Uh,
1: yeah. We, uh, we went to one of the places we went to was St. Martin and, um, kids got to go jet skiing there. We were going we to try to book it through the cruise, but that was all bought up. So we ended up on the beach and, um, of course everybody's selling something. <laughs> so, uh, there were guys that were asking if. We wanted to jet ski, so we threw a bunch of the kids on there, and they went out there. No regulations or anything <laughs> like that. They just went out and have, had a ton of fun.
0: Was that all your all the boys or
1: no? No, it was, it wasn't able to join
0: us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how's that been with a um, couple of kids being out of the house now? It's been quiet. <laughs> What, yeah, we, we was definitely. it normally a pretty noisy house when all the boys were at home?
1: Oh, yeah. there's always They're always going in and out and always needed to feed them. And, yeah, there's always action when all the kids are together. That's awesome.
2: We, we definitely miss Noah.
0: Yeah, Noah. yeah.
2: He's in New York right now.
0: So how has God used your guys' marriage to help you guys grow, grow closer to him and grow closer to each other, or just grow as individuals?
2: Um, so I think for me, uh, God's definitely used my marriage to grow me, to be more like Christ. Um, to me, marriage is not easy and not because Jimmy's difficult. Uh, but I think marriage reveals a lot of your own sinful nature. Um, and, um, I was able, I, so marriage shows you how selfish you are, how, um, you know how controlling you may be, or uh, how proud you may be, uh, or impatient. It bring it just shows you a lot of these things, and so um, I God has sh- has used that um, to help me uh, recognize it and to to repent mm. um, and to um, put a new new desire in my heart um, to to love Jimmy more and love Jimmy better. Um, yeah. So I think that's why we like to do the premarital counseling small group uh, because we want to share some of our struggles mm. with the younger couples and let them know that even though it's difficult, God gives you the strength, God gives you victory, God gives you the power uh, to change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jimmy?
1: I think um, what Linda said and just uh, just. Understanding that uh, how God loves you is a reflection of how you should love your wife. Um, That's not always easy. Um, You tend to be selfish and, you know, but you understand that God willingly sacrifices on your behalf. And so um, you try to model that in your marriage. And that's not always easy. So it helps me when when those times are not easy for me. Um, it helps me to see that Linda's a blessing to me because she does that for me. Mm. And so um, it's understanding and seeing your own sinfulness, but also seeing how God loves you and how you can reflect that in your marriage to each other.
0: So you guys are doing the premarital um, counseling. What what are like like the top two or three things you typically share? Like to a young couple, like, Hey, think about these things. These are things you should work on. These are the, your priorities.
1: Yeah. So during sermons, we always have the big idea. So the big idea that we typically give right off the bat is lower your expectations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cause then you won't be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, what do they ask when, or, you know, how do they um, kind of receive that?
1: I think you know when you're young and and you're kind of still googly eye for each other, I mean <laughs> you're always googly eye for each other, but you know what I mean it's it's new and so you're thinking you can bear all sorts of things mm. until it becomes not so bearable and so uh, and you just over time you just build up expectations of yourself and of each other. And when those expectations are met, then you tend to get upset and selfish or, or whatever, and so that's when times uh, conflicts can arise.
0: Yeah. So lower your expectations. What else?
2: We encourage them to go to uh, just be uh, abide in Jesus, be connected to Jesus, mm. because if your own faith, your own relationship with Jesus is not strong. It's gonna be more, even more difficult, and so we—that's—that we, should be a priority in their life, their own personal faith. Uh, we also talk a lot about uh, communication, how to communicate better, uh, finances. Um, those are the, you know, just love and how to serve, uh, love language, understanding the uh, your partner's, your spouse's love language.
0: Did uh, most of the kids uh, are kids. Young young adults, uh, mm-hmm. did a lot of them know about the love languages or was it kind of new? I know that was pretty popular for our generation.
2: Yeah, they're they're pretty yeah. familiar with it too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. and w- and f- by kind of counseling and and mentoring, I'm assuming you guys have also things see things uh, where you have opportunities to grow in your own marriage. Like anything in your own marriage over the last couple years of doing this counseling, that's also benefited your own marriage.
2: Oh, well, for sure. It's it's an ongoing, you know. No, <laughs> it's I, 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 I thought you had it figured out. I thought you had it already figured out. Any, anything yeah. that
0: you can share that from your own marriage that you felt like has benefited by working with uh, younger couples premarital.
2: Just reminding myself that we are a team, mm. you know, and so yeah, man, and managing those expectations, uh, remind just a lot of the same reminders, you know. Yeah. Um, And also, I think Jimmy and I are in a sweet spot right now (laughs) because the kids are older, you know, and uh, our work is more established. And so we're able to just relax a little bit more and enjoy each other more and um, just kind of be friends, you know, more. And just I really enjoy being with Jimmy. And I feel like, you know, I can be myself and I can really relax. Yeah. Um, How, How does
0: he make you laugh?
2: yeah he 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 just knows me really well (laughs) he knows when (laughs) i'm upset when i'm i have low blood sugar when i'm too intense and serious and he just knows how to relax me and make me laugh
1: noticing (laughs) that
0: i'm being quiet right now (laughs) i'm uh so if your blood sugar is low or high what 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 how do you handle that
2: Oh, I am very it's time cranky. To go, time, time to go get something to eat. Yes. <laughs> very hangry. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, but I think um, it's just, yeah, it's sweet because we have very similar values right now. We, you know, had some shared goals, financial goals that we were able to accomplish together. Mm. Um, and just going to church every Sunday. And, yeah. yeah so. I think
1: with the couples, the things we get to share with them or the things we are going through because we go through a book together. um, It's not just that we are telling them these things, but we're also also being reminded Mm. and sort of preaching to ourselves. This is what we're supposed to do too. So it's a great reminder. It's it's when you, when you hear them and when you watch them, you're kind of reminded of all of the things that you've experienced together. And, and how you can grow together, also.
0: Yeah. So, um, Jimmy, I think you were uh, with a couple other men installed about seven years ago. Um, so, first couple of years, pretty pretty normal, you know, figuring stuff out. But the last five years, with the election and COVID and lockdown and uh, things with race, um, you know, what did you what did you learn, and what have you kind of? Um, you know, when you reflect on kind of the last couple of years of of navigating these things as a team, as part of the eldership or elder team, uh, yeah, t- tell us about your experience and what you've kind of learned through that.
1: Well, I've learned that I love the guys that I get to do that with. Um, even though we, you know, for those who are listening, um, we typically get up and have meetings at five thirty in the morning. Too early. and to, Yeah. To <laughs> a lot of people, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. But typically, when I leave those meetings, I feel very grateful um, to God for all of the guys. And I typically leave the meetings also just appreciating my wife more. Not that yeah. we necessarily always talk about our wives, but I just, for whatever the reason, I just appreciate my wife
0: more. Yeah and, and uh, when we were thinking through like the like the lockdown and mass no mass like you know what what role do you feel like you were kind of playing kind of in some of the decisions we had to make
1: yeah well I mean all of us get to talk through things together and uh, come to one mind and I think for the most part we've always come to one mind so that's been a great thing for us um, I think my role um, in the whole turmoil of the past few years, uh, I think one thing that hopefully is helpful is um, being a different voice to what people see. I mean, I'm the only minority representative, basically in, in the, in the elder team. Um, so I think that helps maybe some people who are minorities or, who feel like they're not represented to see me and hopefully think, okay, well, there's somebody who's different on the team and maybe uh, that would spur them to feel free to come talk to me about their perspective on things. And I've shared with the other team uh, my different viewpoints, because I come from a different place and um, have a different background, just like all of us. So hopefully all of that's been helpful.
0: Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. I also think your experience with uh, finance and business has been super helpful because some of us are not typically money people or we, you know, we're not have, trying to have a pulse on the kind of the economic uh, environment. And you've been able to weigh in on things that i um, like, oh, wow, I didn't even know about that. So, I mean, you bring a soberness and, and a, a kind of an expertise that is a bit unique. So I think that's, that's been great. Um, we had an, an elder retreat, you know, earlier in the year, and it was so much fun. And I think part of that is just the, the relationships that we have with each other. I mean, we, we all have some various backgrounds and we think differently. Some of us in meetings uh, will instantly have kind of a reaction and they can weigh in really quickly you typically like to sit back and kind of listen take it all in a lot of times you're like one of the last ones to speak which makes you look and and perceive very a lot of wisdom there
1: look and perceive are the key (laughs) words there
0: but like like tell a little bit about just being part of the team and just the the camaraderie and the and the relationships that we have
1: I i think uh well one of the things that i learned from the very beginning of joining the other team was to um, to always just expect the best out of each other Mm. and to not uh, if you have a question about somebody to go and ask them and so I've always expected the best out of everybody and I know (laughs) that we're all sinful but I've I've only experience the best out of everybody. And so um, it's been a lot of fun hanging out together. I know um, the, the retreat was a ton of fun, but we also talked about some very serious things. Yeah. Um, you know, elders cry over things that happen in in the church, and we take it very seriously. We There's a lot of weight that we carry, and it's always good to have each other to to carry that. And so, and I could speak from personal experience that the elder team is a bunch of great guys who love the Lord, yeah, and who love the church.
0: Mm-hmm. Has uh, have you anyone shared kind of misconceptions or what what they about the elder team or about being part of you know?
1: I haven't really gotten a ton of that. The, the only thing is,
0: <laughs> Linda's dad has
1: a little misconception of elders. Because he always, uh, Linda's dad is going through some health issues right now. So uh, when we go over and we get to um, to just spend time with him, he's always like, I need Jimmy to pray for me. I need the elder juice to come pray for me. <laughs> and it's like, well, dad, I don't have any special like
0: powers here, but
1: I'll pray for you.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, he's drawing on that that verse from James. You know, have the elders come and pray when you're sick. You yeah. know, so I mean, yeah. it, it's a it's a high calling. Um, all right, let's transition to some fun rapid fire questions um, to wrap up. How do you guys like to Sabbath?
2: Go to church and don't turn on the computer to chart.
0: <laughs> okay, so turn turn off the the computer. If you're not, if you go to church, you come home, you don't turn on the computer, what do you, what are you doing?
2: I'm watching a lot of Chinese drama.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are they, are they just as kind of cheesy as American dramas?
2: Uh, No, they're, they're, they have really good themes, you know, like family and honor and sacrifice and yeah. And just, yeah. All right. A lot of heroic kind of themes.
0: Nice. Jimmy, how do you Sabbath?
1: Well, I watch Linda watch dramas. (laughs) Um, but I would, my, my Sabbaths aren't always on Sundays. Uh, so things that I like to do to kind of wind down and sort of relax is basically, I like to go golfing and we've had the privilege of, um, our youngest son has started taking up golf. So that's been a lot Mm. of fun. So we try to do that together. And, um, and eating together, we typically either go out to eat or we'll have family dinner. And uh, church is church is always a whole lot of fun. I probably half the times I leave service, you know, wiping away tears, <laughs> mm-hmm. and just
0: uh, just being grateful for what God's doing here. Yeah, yeah He is good. Um, what are the three most important apps on your phone, or your free three favorite?
1: You spend more time on your phone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, three favorite or three mo- uh, most important? Because important, you know. You got your bank, your banking app. So you got let, your... let's, let's
0: make it important. So I'm gonna take away. I'm gonna take your phone, yeah. and I'm gonna say you only have three apps for me to put on your phone. You only can have three.
2: Yeah. So I need my banking app. Um, I probably need my MD Calc. I can do some calculations for work. Okay. Uh, And then my Chinese drama, my Yoku and, you know, IGE.
0: Okay. (laughs) There you go. Jimmy?
1: Mine's are very boring because I've got mail, right? Because I do a lot of work off of my phone. I have to check emails and stuff like that. That's boring. (laughs) Um, And then... um, Calendar, because I always have to look at that for my work. And then um, and then banking, of course.
0: Yeah. Where do you guys like to vacation? I know you talked about going on cruises, but...
1: So we're exploring beyond what our typical vacation is. Palm trees and sand and ocean and pina coladas and stuff like that. Not that we drink pina coladas very often, but that's a goal. Um, so we're kind of exploring beyond that now uh since our kids are older they you know when they were younger they didn't want to do anything except roller coasters and fun things but now we are thinking about like in the future maybe next year to go on a mediterranean cruise oh gorgeous a lot of walking
2: yeah i would like to go to japan thailand singapore
0: yeah Mm -hmm. um where um what makes you laugh more physical or verbal comedy?
2: Verbal comedy. Verbal. Named Jimmy Lau.
0: <laughs> Verbal for me. Verbal. Yeah. And last one. Favorite book in the Bible.
1: Uh, so I'm kind of stuck between two James because it's very practical, and I like the um, if your faith is real, then you should it should show in your actions. And then Romans, of course.
0: Mm
2: it depends on the season of my life you know right now i would say my favorite is psalms Hmm. Uh, i find psalms so refreshing in in terms of just worshiping god and um, praising him for who he is i think psalms reminds me of all the attributes of god and um yeah so i just love it
0: oh that's awesome well, you guys have been at Redemption Church Gateway for a long time. Thank you so much for your service and your love um, and just the the impact you've had on our congregation. For those of you that are listening, we love you so much. We hope this has been fun and engaging, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.